Training is hard. It is one of the most difficult professions on the planet, but you can succeed. No other profession offers such a high reward with financial freedom while working from your home. You need to constantly work to better yourself and learn every single day by putting in effort, learning discipline, and investing your time. On Regular Investor and a Jake the Stock Guy, we want to help you overcome these struggles you face in the market and help you answer to yourself, which very few people, very few people can say they do, and accomplish the greatest feeling in the world by becoming financially free. Hello, traders. This is Jake from jakethestockguy.com. Welcome to the Regular Investor Podcast by, led by your host, Jake. Uh, today, we're going to be interviewing at... TSG on Twitter. She's amazing, amazing gal. You know, there's not too many female stock market um, analysts or investors out there, so it's really rare, really special thing. Really great to have you on the show today. Welcome, TSG. Thank you for having me. It's really good to be here. Yeah, so it's currently four, uh, five, five o'clock here on the East Coast time, uh, New York time. Um, and it's 8 a.m. over in Australia. Uh, pretty early. <laughs> Big difference. How do you how do you manage? Um, this is a great uh, starting question, actually. Is how do you manage the time zone difference? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who trade on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, and they have to kind of follow the uh, the you know. It, Stock market opens at 9.30 a.m., Monday through Friday, uh, on Eastern Standard Time. So, you know, New York. Uh, For instance, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other people who do do trade on the New York Stock Exchange who live, uh, you know, Bali, India, Sri Lanka, Australia, you know, in Asia. Uh, How is it like for you and how do you how do you navigate that? Um, well, I guess for me, the priority is always putting sleep first. Um, whether it's when I first started, I had to really create a proper sleep routine. So, um, depending on the time zones, because sometimes, um, market open will start at like between 1130 PM or 1:30 AM, just depending on like, um, daylight savings for you guys and when you change it but I remember when I first started um it was around yeah like that 12 30 a.m start um and but at the time I wasn't working so it kind of made things a little bit easier in terms of sleep routine because um I didn't like have to worry about going to work the next day or you know do it like sleeping proper at night so I had more of a flexibility as to what my sleep routine would be so i I mainly managed to sleep between like 8 a.m and like just as soon as market had finished it was like 8 a.m and then i went to bed at like uh yeah like 8 30 a.m and then i woke up at like 12 p.m 1 p.m so that was my main kind of sleep cycle when i first started um Wow. Um, yeah, it was really crazy, but you know, it I got into that routine really well. Um and I just recently did um I had to work at like a job that I did for a few months. Um which I've recently just quit. 
But when I was doing that as well, um, I wasn't really trading much during market open. I was trying to do more so pre-market and then just doing a normal sleep cycle from like midnight till 8 a.m. and then going to work. So, you know, it's really just about managing my sleep. That's priority. I need to get at least like, you know, six to seven hours at night. So um, I'm really happy now that I'm not really working full time so I can go back to that old sleep cycle um but yeah because I prefer to trade market open I like the volume better it's a lot easier to to trade than pre-market so um it's definitely worked out for me a lot better just doing that market open run and then going to sleep at like 8 a.m um and missing out on after hours but there'll be there was days where I was like also not going to bed till like 11 a.m. If there was something running during after hours, I remember there was a few days where I was like so tired and like I literally wouldn't like go to bed until like 11 a.m. and then I wake up at like 4 p.m. So there were days where I did that as well. But um, you get you get used the to it. I you get used to it for sure. To deal with a time zone difference is I, I took a trip to Turkey um, to visit a friend uh, last December for two months. And uh, that was a trip, you know. The market didn't open until 5.30 p.m. over there, which was like 9.30 a.m. Uh, and it was really hard to, to communicate with, like, friends and family back in the States. It just the hour, you know, the time zone and everything was so messed up for me. Um, I would want to write them in the morning, but it would be in the middle of the night for them. And, and it just uh, – it, it's very, very tricky. Um yeah. You know, if you have the luxury, guys, if, for those of you who are listening, it's nice to be somewhere like, like Europe's great because it's just, it's not too bad. It's just the, you know, the afternoon. It's like, uh, Turkey's actually kind of the Middle East. It's pretty far east, you know, if we're talking about Europe. So the, if you get more like UK, London, uh, Spain, uh, France, uh, Morocco, it's going to be, I think, around like 3, 3.30 p.m. So it's nice. You don't necessarily have to like you, – you, you can still have kind of a nighttime and a morning time to yourself, and you just kind of trade in the middle of the day after lunch and maybe yes. till around supper time. And then you can – so you can still kind of have a morning and a night. Uh, Asia, it's a little tough. I Oh, no, the, the, the worst I ever had it was when I was in Hawaii. That's right. Now I remember. I was having to get up at 3 a.m. To, and the, and I only gave myself a half. I only gave myself a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. What that, was that now like? that I really think about it, that was the worst I ever had in oh, trying wow. to trade was... in the market. It was it just really wasn't sustainable for me. And as much as I loved Hawaii, I was like, nah, I can't. This is my career. This is my life. I cannot do this for years and years and years. Uh, it's just not worth it to me. I'd rather be in Mexico or something, you know, cheaper too. But I would have to wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning. And um, I only gave myself like a half an hour before the market opened because I just I just couldn't get up at two or one a.m. You know, I, and then trade all night. I was like, nah, this is this is not this is not happening. This is not working for me. But it's true. You did make a good point earlier, TSG, about uh, that that market open that first thirty to sixty minutes is kind of the prime time to kind of get your day trades in for the day. Because the yeah. rest of the day is pretty much just choppy, and then you might get something in power hour, but it's very rare you get uh, 
you know, it's very rare you get a stock to have like a, an uptrend all yeah. day long or a downtrend all day long. It's usually just kind of a pop and then a chop or a drop and then a pop and then a chop. <laughs> What I like to do is exactly like what I like to do sometimes is if I make a quick trade, I might look at another stock. Um, and if I like the way that it's moving, say if it's like a good day, like it's a green day or something, like I'll just buy it and then I'll just go to sleep. Like I'll set a stop loss and then I'll just go to sleep. And if I wake up and I've made money on it, then that's good. I made extra profits. But if I haven't, then it's like, oh, well, it's hit my stop loss. I've already made money before on another trade. You know, so you kind of like you can break it up like that. Like you can kind of go, okay, I don't have to like just trade everything that's running, you know, mm -hmm. and don't FOMO into oh, things. Yeah. You kind of just have to like really restrain that yourself. That brings me to another a lot good as well. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about, about um, for those of you guys who are listening, yeah. there's a lot of psychology that goes into trading it's actually i would say the bulk of the work required to becoming consistently profitable swing day or day trader or investor in general um yeah maybe you could talk a little bit about you know some of the uh the big things that you had to that you had to work through in terms of the psychology around trading um it's something that i feel like it doesn't get talked about enough and then maybe some of your uh, mistakes in the beginning around trading psychology and how you were able to fix that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you think about trading psychology, you don't really, people just think, oh, it's just like normal human psychology, but, when like a lot of people that get into trading, they don't understand like in other jobs, you don't need to use psychology as much as you do with trading because <laughs> trading it's, as you said, it's mainly based on psychology. So when I first started, um, I was more like wanting to do like investing. So I kind of got sucked into that whole like investing. I love this stock foam, like that kind of thing. And that took away most of my year last year, actually, um, and I was with the wrong broker as well. Um, I couldn't have, I think you had to have like certain requirements to be able to day trade and all of that. So I kind of went the wrong route of choosing the wrong broker, number one, which I wasted a lot of time on. Number two, I was wasted a lot of time just holding loose set. I didn't know when to cut at the beginning. And then I was at a big loss for most of the year and I was just kind of holding it. And then I ended up making like, I went back to zero when it went up around like September and then I made a good profit on it. So it was worth holding. But like at the end of the day, like I wasted so much time just kind of like being stagnant for, a, you know, that whole year. And it was just, it was really like, it, it really kind of fucks with your mind because you kind of just go like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm down so much. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and then once I switched broker, once I made the profit on Lucid, um, that's when I kind of went, okay, like I can't keep doing this. Like I can't just keep wasting time holding onto a stock. You know, I want to trade. I want to do options. I want to do day trading. Um, I really have to like program my mind 
to be more, you know, less emotional with stocks. Um, and I remember I was like, even into like, I was even holding like SOS and like this other Chinese company called Uxen. Like I made some money on Uxen. That was okay. I was kind of a bit more less emotional with that one. But like SOS, like I, I think that was like the second stock that I bought after Lou said. And I bought that like really high. And, you know, like I just, when you think of a mining company, you just go, you, you kind of get into that whole like investing, like amazing. Like I love this stock kind of vibe. So, um, yeah, no, then I kind of really knuckled down. It was at the start of September. That's when I kind of had to really like, you know, be like, okay, no emotions, just be really focused on trades. Um, when I first did like just day trading, I, cu- I cut really quickly. Like it was almost like if I was down like 2%, I cut it. Um, and I'd really think about my sizing. Um, it was kind of like I got a little bit reckless towards the end of the year last year. Um, and I was kind of just putting like say 10K like into a trade. Um, when I should have only been sizing in at like 1K. Um, and that was sort of at the time when everything, like all the stocks like Tesla and NVIDIA and all of that, they kind of like were going down. Like they were just like, it was kind of like at the choppy stage of SPY just before it like went down. Um, and yeah, it was like sizing in too big on those. Um, so, you know, I've still made mistakes. I've, I've learned from them. So now I've kind of gone, I've really reevaluated everything again. I've gone, okay, like I shouldn't be putting in 10K because, you know, if I'm holding this overnight oh, yeah. and it drops Especially 2%, that's option. big on a 10K like position in a stock. So, um, yeah, I've had to really knuckle down. I'm not holding anything at the moment. I'm, yeah, like uh, options has been more so just day trades for me. I didn't want to hold options at all i think i only held like one or two which i made that mistake on but like again i've learned from that i just trade them i trade them within like five minutes i'm in and out really quickly um and that's been helping me a lot i've been trading a lot of tesla options and i've been doing really well in that um and i think it's kind of like you kind of once you get that confidence up you kind of go okay like I know my position sizing now. I know to only do like 1K per trade. Okay, if I'm going to do options, I'm not going to go crazy and buy two plus contracts. I'm going to buy one contract because I'm just starting out. I need to get the hang of the volatility first of all, especially if you know you go into something like Tesla where the one option yeah. is like between 300 to $1,000. That's enough for me to be able to practice, not only practice, but also earn some money as well. So, I mean, everyone is different, but when you're just starting out, you need to really just tone it down a lot, get the hang of it first, get the confidence up. And then when you feel like, okay, like I'm, I'm getting consistent gains on just one contract, then move up to two or three or whatever you're comfortable with. Um, and even like new people that are starting out that probably do have a lot of money, you know, they will burn through a lot of money if they just get too cocky. And if they go, okay, yeah, like, you know, I can put 20K on Tesla. Like, but you, it's so quick. Like you don't, people don't realize how quick it is for just, you can be up 20% one time and then you could be down 10%, you know, five minutes later. So it's really just about getting in and out. Like a good example was yesterday I was in Tesla and I was in that options trade for like literally two, three minutes. I got the downturn in the morning 
and I was like up like 44%. And as soon as I was up that much, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm happy with my profits. I'm selling. And it ends up going back up. So it reversed. And I had a feeling it would reverse. So, you know, you kind of have to, with the psychology part, once you get the confidence up, you kind of like, you are really, you get more in tune with the chart analysis like when you're in a trade and you're looking at the chart, you get really, your intuition gets so much more stronger because you kind of know, okay, I have a feeling with the candlesticks now, it's going to reverse, it's going to go down, it's going to go up. You can kind of like, you. I really analyze the one minute. I go on the one minute chart a lot and I really, really analyze it. Um, for me, that's helped. It probably doesn't help other people, but um I really have that good intuition of knowing when it's going to reverse and when to get out of it. And if it keeps going down, like, cause I got to put the other uh, yesterday, if it keeps going down, then so be it, let it go down. I don't care. I've made yeah. profit, but if it goes back up, then I've made the right decision, you know? So um, what people also have to understand is like, just because you got out of that trade and it keeps going down, it doesn't matter. Like you can always go into another stock. Like you, you can always look for another options trade after that. You know, it's better than being yeah, down ten percent so or down twenty percent the next five seconds. You know? you know, like when you are trading um, weekly expiration options, if, for instance, on you know uh, a. Tesla will rip your face off if you're not careful. Like I call Tesla like the Grim Reaper. Like if you get if you get on if you time it wrong or if you're on the wrong side of the trade, it mm. will just it will just take you down, you know. And so, you know, when when I get into an options uh, day trade, I like to give myself around thirty to fifty percent wiggle room in terms of the stop loss. Because if you t- stop loss, so guys, if you're listening and taking notes, if your stop loss is like too tight, all you're going to do is stop out for a living. You know, it, it, you know, I, I've experimented with this 20, 20, 25% stop losses with a, with a weekly expiration option. They don't really work. Yeah. You know, you're just going to get stopped out because the options, they, they, they fluctuate, right? They need room to breathe. And and in TSGU talked a lot about this position sizing is what's really going to save you guys in the end. You know that's what's going to give you, like you can have a, a strategy and a formula, and it and it might give you an edge in the market consistently. You know daily give you an edge. And what do I mean by formula and strategy? Well, it's it's a way to pick stocks, and it's a way to play the upside or the downside. And if you guys are on Twitter or wherever you're, you know, try not to follow too many people. I made this mistake in the beginning, and maybe you did too, TSG, because every professional day trader or swing trader you follow is going to have a different formula and a different strategy. And I haven't even gotten into the rules of trading. And when it comes to risk management, position sizing, it's pretty much the number one rule of trading. Because if you don't have the rules down, the strategy and the formula can't work. It's like you need all the ingredients to bake a cake. You can't bake a cake without the eggs, you know, and the flour and the sugar. And so it needs all the ingredients for it to work. And I see so many people write me 
Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's why I like to look. I like to look. I like to look at certain people, like um, on Twitter, people like Al Professor. He's really good because he only trades like six. He only looks at six stocks, like the large caps. He has like Tesla, Nvidia, and he posts um, on his page like options, like if it goes below this um, this level buy puts if it goes above buy calls um and I like the way he does that because he kind of uses more support and resistance rather than trying to push a ticker on or like a stock on Twitter he doesn't really do that he's like okay if it goes below this level and I think there's a few others that do that as well a few other stock accounts but when it comes to it like everyone should be having their own stocks that they're comfortable with like a set like five or six that they pick out, that they're comfortable with, whether it's large caps or small caps, whatever you're comfortable with, just have five or six or that you want to trade regularly with. And you don't even have to look at Twitter. You just have to look at the chart and be like, okay, which one do I want to trade today? Do I want to do an options trade on Tesla? Do I want to do a commons on NVIDIA? Like what do I feel like doing today? So it's really up to the person. A lot of the time people think they have to do this, they have to do that. It's completely up to you with what you decide to do on that day and what stock you want to go into. Um, I don't even look at Twitter. When it when market is open, I don't look at Twitter. I just go on Weeble. I look at the stocks that I'm comfortable with. I love trading AMC. I love trading Tesla. I love trading NVIDIA. Um, they're my top three. Sometimes I'll go into Neo and Lucid and then I'll be looking at small caps that are running just to do like a set, kind of like a set and forget. Like I put it, uh, I go into it and I set a stop loss kind of thing. But, you know, that's what I'm comfortable with. But I don't even look at Twitter. And then I'll go back maybe after I've made gains and I'll be like, oh, okay, they were talking about this, they were talking about that. But, yeah, it's just so much easier just because you have to be really quick and onto it. Like stock moves so quickly. By the time you're on Twitter scrolling through, you've missed the majority of whatever you want to do you still don't have a plan of what you what stock you want to go into you don't have a plan of where you're going to buy you're just kind of more like hopium trading <laughs> I love of hopium investing opium. or hopium trading like which is hopium. it just won't work <laughs> oh my god <laughs> now um, yeah yeah it's a great. I think it's, it's a, a new word. word. I don't I even know if that's a that. word, but I'm now making that a word. You guys, he's dropping some serious bombs here. So, please, please, please go back and listen to this if you if you need to a couple times. You know, sometimes you don't hear everything the first time around. Now, what I'm hearing from my perspective is that you're you're pretty talented. You know, it sounds like you can play options, commons, uh, small caps, mid caps, large caps, and you can even play the downside and the upside. Do you have a Do you have a particular um, and I and I like that that one guy. <clears throat> excuse me, the one uh, person you follow on Twitter. I like that he sticks to like six names that are large caps, and I and I think I have an idea why he does that. It's because you know trading. Um, there's a few names, large caps that are really good for options because there's so much liquidity. You have these really tight spreads. You can just market order in and market order out, and they're not, there's not much slippage. 
so you're not going to lose 50% on your position if you market order out, you know, on NVIDIA, Apple, Facebook, Snapchat, Spy, you know, so uh, AMD, so on and so forth. There's, you can probably Google it. There's like, you know, top 20 stock, large cap stocks to play options with that have the most liquidity. It's a little high level thinking, guys, but um, we're going to come back to that in a minute. TSG, I'd like to just take a, 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 a minute to kind of re rewind and kind of go back to the beginning for you. Like, where did you kind of grow up? What was your upbringing like? Um, did your parents try and kind of push you in a certain direction? And how did you kind of just find the stock, you, you know, the stock market of all things, you know? I love hearing I love hearing how people um find their way to the markets. Yeah. Um well, my family, uh, my mom has always been like a really hard working woman, so um I grew up um you know in a nice suburb, in a really nice house. Um but I had the privilege, you know, obviously to go to private school, but it didn't really help me because I was really creative. I really liked art. Um, it was mainly art and business that I was really into in high school um, and I did really well in. And then I got more passionate about like fashion. So when I had finished um, high school, I did a degree in fashion business um, and I got an associate degree in that. I kind of worked a little bit in head off first doing fashion, merchandising, um, and then moved into retail doing visual merchandising, which was really, really fun. Um, and then I kind of got a bit like I was kind of over retail and I just wanted to push myself a bit more. Um, and this was at the time when kind of like just before I started trading, um, just as lockdown sort of started, I was like, oh, I just want to do something at home um, some wasn't working at the time I was just bored so I started a public relations degree online which I've just finished I just finished that last month um which is really good I got to transfer some credits over from my fashion degree so I did it on the last time thank you so yeah I have a double degree in like fashion business and public relations um so I haven't really like I don't really have an interest in doing public relations. I just kind of wanted to do it just for something to do um, in case I need to do something in the future. But um, no, when I first started trading, I kind of had always looked into the stock market, but I wasn't really like, it's really intimidating as a girl because you look at all these numbers and all these figures and all these percentages and you're watching Bloomberg right. and you just kind of go, it gets really like intense, like watching it. Um, if you don't know what's going on. Um, and so then what really got me into trading was um, I was looking at TikTok and I was looking at this like Lucid video. So I was like, oh, okay, this company looks good. Um, it could be the next Tesla. I might just put some money into that. So that's where I kind of got, you know, really into trading. Um, and then I joined Twitter because I thought, oh, what, what's a platform good for like stocks? And obviously not Instagram and Facebook. So I found Twitter, um, which is good. And then I just created a profile and I just wanted to be myself on it because previously to that, um, while I was doing my fashion degree, 
I was also a travel blogger. So I'd used to go to all these different countries and take all these really cool shots. And that was really intense because I used to travel like two, two to three times a year. And it was really, really intense taking lots of photos. I got lots of partnerships and stuff like that. And it was kind of at the stage where I could have really taken off that I kind of just like now I've kind of like gone back. Like I'm like, no, I'm not really like into that anymore because it's very like um, you have to dedicate a lot of time to it. You have to travel a lot and then obviously lockdown and everything's happened. So that's kind of thrown a spanner in the works to my travel blogging. So um, yeah, that kind of also steered me into like, okay, maybe I should do something else like stocks and get some money in the meantime if I'm not working. Um, But in terms of my family, my mom's always been supportive of whatever I've done. She's always just kind of pushed me to do what I need to do. She's always kind of been okay, like proud of me, like, you know, you do what you want, you know, you need to be happy kind of thing. Um, I moved out of house when I was like 18 and I moved, I lived with my best friends, um, one best friend and then another best friend. And then I um, found my fiance. So I've been living with him. So it's just kind of like, I've, I've had a really good upbringing, really lucky. Um, and, you know, I've managed myself since I was like for 10 years, I've been managing on my own without my mother's or family's money I've been like even when I was living with them you know I had to work myself my first job was at McDonald's when I was like <laughs> 15 and then I remember I got a job at Sketches as a casual so um that was my first retail job and I think I was like 16 but I've always been working for like my spending money because my mum would never give me spending money she'd always want me to work for like to have spending money so, um, yeah, I used to just like, I've been working for like ages now. Um, so I've got plenty of experience and all of that, but, um, yeah, I don't, I, in terms of like training, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I really would love to be full time. Um, and hopefully in the future I can be, but I just really want to, yeah, I think I want to dedicate myself more to like my social media now. Um, maybe go back into travel blogging, maybe find something else in like, a visual merchandising role on the side. I have no idea. I have so many options that it's like I'm just kind of going to go with the flow and just see what happens. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. I love that story for you, um, TSG. I love that, you know, know, it's just so good to hear stories like that, you know, uh, you know, empowering, empowering other female traders out there, you know. Yeah, really amazing work that you're doing. Um, not just for yourself, but representing a lot of other female um, investors and traders that are looking to get into the market, you know, and they're looking for those, they're looking towards a female role model, you know, and I feel like a lot of the girls on Twitter who do stocks, they, they're not really that serious and they all have a, like a OnlyFans account or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. But it seems to be more uh, geared towards that, which I think is the wrong. Yeah. I. <laughs> oh my God! You should not have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, I take everything really seriously. Um... <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm gonna be creating a platform soon. Be like it's got honestly, it's going to be a lot more than what people think. Um, and it's gonna be, I'm gonna take it more seriously. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But no, I agree. A lot of girls that I've I spoke to someone else about this, a lot of um, female 
it's a fintuit or if they go into crypto or whatever, they kind of go into one thing and then they veer off into another thing. Yeah. So I know one girl, she was originally in stocks and now she's more into NFTs. Um, and then, yeah, I wish girls post more stuff about stocks and their positions than, than like other things. Because for me, I want to keep my Twitter mainly like posting about my stock gains, motivating people, you know, why I'm like, you know, my ins and outs, why I went into the stock, why I went out of it kind of thing. And I don't feel like a lot of female traders do that. I feel like they don't even post much of their positions or what they're in or what they're doing. Um, they just kind of like fluff around and I wish they kind of got more into well, it. They, they, I mean, maybe they just don't know what they're doing. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's, I, I wish girls just kind of had more more of that energy. Yeah, luckily they like have you really to look towards for that. So you can be their, uh, I said, luckily they have you to look towards. They can look to you for, for, for guidance. What'd you say? You, hmm. Well, sometimes I get hate from these girls and I'm like, well, you know, you're not posting much about stocks, so... I'm the one that's posting all these games. Like, what? Who, you know, you're giving me hate. You know, why are you giving me hate for when, like, I'm the one that's posting really good games and giving you percentage wise. Like, you should and, be like, you shouldn't and, be giving uh, me hate. You know. Yeah. So what? What? Not, not to deviate. Not. To, yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I, just I, be a normal person. I just person. that I forgot to bring up earlier which was for people who live in other parts of the world, like Australia, Europe, the UK, um, and they want to trade stocks or options on the New York Stock Exchange, what's a good broker for them? Since I remember you telling me you had some issues in the beginning with the first broker and now you're a lot happier, maybe you could touch on that for the audience listening who are overseas and that do not live in the U.S. Yeah, so I originally started um, with a platform called Stake. They're just, I think, mainly Australian, New Zealand-based. Um, and, yeah, they had requirements of minimum 25000 to day trade. So I remember when I first started, I had to, like, save so much just to, like, get that requirement in my account. Um, and you know, I even had to get like my partner to transfer me some just to like meet that requirement. Um, but yeah, and it was just, it was really annoying because they don't even have options. So the current platform that I'm on is called IBKR and they are really, really good. I don't even notice their fees coming out. It's like such a small percentage that it, that it, they take out. Um, and yeah, it's really good because you can trade options. You don't need a requirement. I think it's something like 3000 or 2000 US dollars minimum that you need to trade on that platform. So it's a lot less. You don't have to like put your whole 25K in. You can just, um, but I know overseas, I've been speaking to a lot of people who use IBKR in America and in Europe, and I think their requirements are different to Australia. 
because I remember when I first joined the platform, I called them and I was like, are you sure it's only like 2000 like requirement or whatever? Like, are you sure I can like day trade on that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can like, that's just the requirements for Australia. So I was like, okay, that's really cool. So I don't have to worry about, you know, always having that barrier, um, you know, 25K, you know, if I go down, I can't day trade again. Um, so it's a lot better now being on that platform because I don't have to have, if I'm not investing, I don't have to have my whole, you know, all my money in, in the platform. I can just you know, keep it in my bank and then, you know, transfer in and out. And the transfers are really quick. It's like within a day, I get the money in my account. And the withdrawals are really quick as well. So yeah, yeah so that's IBKR awesome. Yeah, I, I for those of you guys who Australia. don't know what IBKR is, that's interactive brokers. For those of your guys who are listening and writing that down, um, yeah, I think that the twenty five k thing applies here in the U.S. as yeah. well. I think that's called the PD, PDT rule, the pattern day trade rule. The the uh, there's a few ways around it. Um, I get a lot. I get the, yeah, I get the question a lot by me, by our members. They, uh, I don't yeah. have 25k. You know, what do I do? Well, if you're trading commons or stocks and you sell, I think it takes something like three days for those funds to settle. But if you're trading options, when if you buy and sell in a cash account, those funds will settle overnight. Options contracts uh, settle literally overnight. So if it's a if it's a win or a loss, those funds will be available literally the next day. So that's a that's a cool thing about options versus st- stocks. You 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 um, if you call your broker and say I want a cash account, that basically what that's saying is that you don't want to use margin. So the reason they make you have this twenty five thousand dollars in your account is so that really it's just so that the broker the broker can give you a margin account. So I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in the US it's like three to one, four to one. So if I have twenty five thousand in my account and I have a margin, I'm using margin, um, my broker will let me trade with up to a hundred thousand dollars. So that's seventy five thousand dollars of of uh, leverage or margin and then twenty five thousand of my own cash. But you guys don't even really need it. You know, if you're listening out there, you don't need a you don't need a um, you don't need a margin account. I've never used a margin account, and I've had more than, and I've made way more money. And like, I don't know, I could get into it, but the bottom line is you just need a cash account if you want to, you know, focus on some side income or full time income. Either one, you decide. So, 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 which brings me to my next question, TSG, is what's next for you? I know you said you were, you were open um, and that you were going to YOLO, no. <laughs> but maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you could touch a little bit more about what's next for you and what you what you yeah. what's in your mind for for this year moving forward mm-hmm. 
I think for this year, I really want to focus on just consistency. I'm not worried about gains. Like I have enough in my, you know, personal life, my bank account to be able to like, you know, have a good life, live my life, buy what I want kind of thing. Um, I just want to focus more on consistency this year. Um, Last year, it was more so like holding a lot, just getting into trading. And I only just started trading options like two months ago. So options are still quite new to me as well. So I really want to focus on consistency, less losses, which I have been doing, been getting a lot less losses. Um, I just had my first profitable month. So um, it wasn't much. It was like a few hundred dollars. But, you know, I want to just make it really, really consistent every day. Um, cut losses, just try and do the minimum amount possible, like market open. As soon as I get a gain, that's it. I'm done for the day. Really control my emotions. Um, and I really want to help out a lot of people. Like um, I am creating like a platform where it's kind of like stocks mixed with something else, which you'll find out tomorrow. I'm going to be posting it on um, Twitter. So by the time you probably release this, it's already going to be out. But um. I'm doing a platform where it's kind of like I'll be sending people um, like DM kind of things of what I'm getting into. If I am in this trade, I'll be like, okay, I'm just getting into this trade. I'm getting out of it. I'm doing this option. Um, Just so people can kind of see like my mentality behind things. Um, Even if I'm going to like say a small caps, I'll, I'll post like a chart I'm going to send them like a chart being like, I'm going to the stock because I like this chart. And then once I get out, I'll be like, I'll be explaining it to them what happened, like why I went into that, why it ran and all of that. So um, the platform, yeah, the platform that I'm on, I chose that platform because I liked it the best for a more personalized approach. So a lot of platforms that are released nowadays, it's really hard to kind of uh, communicate to members it's very like there's a lot of things jumbled up um so I really wanted to find like a personalized approach where I could just um straight away send them a message and they'll get it um they don't have to go through all the fluff on say like a discord or something um and yeah so the platform that I'll be doing it'd be like mixed um so I kind of want to do that I don't want to like obviously I'm not a professional yet and I'm still learning but it's just something small for people to kind of um, look at and you know I have been doing really good gains I've been doing really good calls lately um, picking really good stocks so um, that's what I really want to focus on I really want to focus on kind of just that consistency this year of just finding good runners um, good percentage gains um, and yeah I don't know what else I'm going to be doing um, I just want to see I just want to like See how everything goes with that launch and PSG, then take you know, from there. It, um, I don't yeah. know much, but I think you have a very, very bright future in your career as a investor and um, as a leader in the market and as a day trader and swing trader. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely... Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's definitely been <laughs> yeah, a long, it's been a long struggle I, so I, far. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you absolutely are. You know, and just from this short, but I'm getting that. I'm getting you, that. I can tell that you're going to do something really big. 
in this space. I think you're going to be um, a true leader. So Thank we're, you. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to do Thank something you. for I really sure. I want to I want to get involved really in what you're do doing and 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 follow follow it and follow you more uh, more closely. And also maybe there's some opportunities uh, for us to do some kind of um, collaboration uh, in the near future. I think that could be cool. We have a yeah. Yeah, are we gonna do like a live? I really want to do like a live trading, like whether it's like a Twitch or like, I don't really like spaces because you can't really see the charts. It's just people, a whole bunch of people talking on a space. It's just like annoying and it's hard to keep up. That's why I don't like Discord either because it's all like just voices. You don't get to see things or you can see like, actually no, on Discord you can, you can see like TV, like, you know, the little screen that comes up, but um i've always like thought twitch was a really cool idea just to do like a live trading kind of thing so we could do like a um trading together live one day on twitch or something that would be really fun i know we're getting close to the end of our podcast we're definitely gonna have to do this again like a 2.0 and follow up with you and see where you're at i love the idea of uh trading on twitch i've been actually meaning to get on twitch but i'm still learning that platform but if there was something that you could just uh, you know, little jewels of wisdom to pass on to our listeners before we go today. What would you like to share with them? You know, what 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 would you like to tell yourself if you could go back? Yeah, to when you were being, yeah. Um, don't hopium trade and invest. Number one, don't look at what people are doing on Twitter. Like a lot of people post so many big gains, but you know. They got there because they've done years and years and years of training. So, you know, you will get there too. Just be smart. Don't get emotional. Just position size a lot less when you're starting out. You know, just have a set of stocks that you want to trade and that you feel comfortable trading and just start small to begin with. Unless you need to trade for a living, like don't put so much pressure on yourself. Um, and even if you do need to trade for a living, you don't need to put pressure on yourself, you know, just start small at the beginning and, you know, position sizes, everything. You don't need to worry about what other people are doing. Just do yourself and you'll see that you'll get so much better at it when you stop listening to other people. You'll start to trust yourself more and you'll be so much better at entries and exits and trusting your intuition. So just don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about what stocks they're getting into. Just do what you feel is right. Because at the end of the day, your own intuition is the one that matters and the one that's usually correct. So that's the advice I have. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. This has been one of the best podcast interviews I've done to date. And I'm not even kidding. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh so where can you know before we go i'd like our audience to be um anybody listening to be able uh to know where they can follow you or where they can find you tsg so you can follow me on twitter um at that stocks girl dot, uh just that stocks girl um and i was like that stocks i haven't even got my own website up yet 
Um, no, Twitter at that stocks girl. Um, also my Instagram, it's the same. I have TikTok, which is the same. And then my new platform will be linked on my Twitter. So it's at that stocks girl on Twitter. You guys hear that at that stocks girl on Twitter at that stocks girl on Twitter. Well, um, again, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much TSG for joining us on the regular investor podcast today. And, uh, Guys, please, please, please go follow her. She's one of the few people I recommend following on Twitter. So please go keep an eye on her. And, you know, she's going to really, really change the game, I feel, in the near future. So she's she's somebody to trust and to, to look towards and, and to follow. Okay. You know, you get my Jake the Stock Guy stamp of approval. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me as well. And you know, it's such a good podcast series that you're doing because I, as you said before we, um, we started recording, you said, you know, you're, there's so many platforms of podcasts and all they talk about is like, you know, just all of these mumble jumble stuff and, you know, even spaces, it's all mumble jumble stuff. So I really like your approach and really getting into that trader investor's mindset I really love that. You know, it's so it's a podcast that is needed. And so I really want to thank you for doing this and you will grow so much as well. I think it's such a good niche um, and I'll be more than happy to share, you know, this podcast to everyone because it's really good with what you're doing as well. So thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Well, gee, thanks so much, TSG from Big state, the United <laughs> States. Y'all, y'all, you, you and your uh, fiance got to come out. I'm sure you've been to the the, the U.S. before, but it's a. Uh, I mean, I don't never know been. when to travel. No, I've never been. To, I've never been to America. Never been. Oh, oh wow. Mm. Yeah, I, me and my fiance and uh, our little girl, our little daughter, we've never been to Australia. So we'll have to oh, uh, eventually. Go. Eventually, when the whole travel restriction thing relaxes we'll have to get back out and do stuff in in the world but in the meantime thanks so much yeah. again and uh we'll be in touch thank have a, you have a good so rest much of your, your, your day you too yeah bye all righty ciao thank you guys so much for listening today to another episode of regular investor we appreciate the support and we want to see you guys interacting with us on twitter it keeps us excited to produce amazing content for you guys Make sure to drop a review on Spotify. Tell us how you like the podcast. On behalf of the JTSG team, we will see you in the next one.